fans we're going to be doing things a bit different today yes we're sitting in a time in our lives in this country um that's really affecting us as you know we're both african-americans um and we live in new york city and right now the social commentary of what's happening right now cannot be untouched we cannot miss it and we can't ignore it we can't ignore it absolutely and we haven't We've been protesting ourselves. We've been even in a state of a pandemic that could kill us and has killed us yes. primarily. In large, large numbers. In large amounts. We, we at considerable risk to ourselves could not help but uh, take part in these protests because it is infinitely important that we say what we need to say at this moment in time about how the world affects us in every day, in every way. And so... Uh, we're just going to change things up just for this one episode t- mm-hmm. to pay respect to that. Absolutely. And that's why we started with the Negro National Anthem written by James Weldon Johnson. This is episode 61. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, Uncorked and Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming just because we want to pay homage to black America in, in all of its glory and all of its greatness in, in this time because black lives do matter very much and so. and it's about celebrating the greatness of us in this time and space and and you know i know that movie fans and and bourbon fans and beer fans understand that in the time that we're living in right now it's, it's important to address the fact that sometimes you have to step back a little bit and sometimes you have to acknowledge what's going on around you and we're not going to ignore that in this space and time without saying that you know it's about everybody coming together and understanding that we as black people, there's no reason for us to be dying by any hands other than just living our lives, but that just to have the police brutality and all these things that have come up in these, in these recent weeks. And it's just, it's something that we just needed to address. And I'm, I'm glad that we took the time out in this episode to, to address those things. And, and, you know, Tawana and I, as she said before, have been part of the protest and Tawana just went to one uh, yesterday as a matter of fact yeah the big take back absolutely absolutely and I think that you're going to see more of these kinds of things but I'm glad that it's impacting the world the way it is because people are acknowledging the protest around the world and it's not just an American issue it's a a global issue and uh and I'm glad that we are just taking a minute to catch our breath yes thank god we can actually breathe yes and we don't have to be suffering you know with our knees on our you know on our necks so this is this is what this episode is about. So uh, also, I just wanted to add another little caveat to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this has been said enough. Black, for me, 
as we all know who, who I am and how I represent, how I present. For me, black queer lives matter. You know, Tony, Tony McDade and so many others have also fallen um, by the hands of police. And um, even though it's acknowledged, I don't think it's said enough. Black queer lives matter. Absolutely. All black lives matter. Include the, us in every instance. And all the black trans women who all have the died. Black trans, all the black trans lives matter. Mm -hmm. Black Absolutely. queer lives matter in every instance. Let's not forget about that. Whether you agree with it or not, it is a life and it shouldn't be taken haphazardly based off of your predilections and personal issues. But anyway... Absolutely. I wanted to say that. So, Absolutely. Um, and, and for all those people, you know, every time I hear that people jump out and say, oh, all lives matter. Yes, all lives do matter. But at this point in time, we're trying to acknowledge the fact that because we actually have to say that black lives matter, it actually means something. And it's not about you in no. this space and time. It's no. the fact that we've been disproportionately murdered, killed, and, and, and taken advantage of by every systematic racism that lives in this world that we we live in and it's not just america it's happening all over the place right but all i over think the world. that i think that it, it there's nothing wrong with addressing it and if you want to do something about it and if you want to make change there is a way for you to there do that no matter what your race is yeah so just know that i'm going to put some some list of organizations in the show notes too right I, I so think everybody can jump that into are important it. to support mm -hmm. absolutely um, and I agree with you when people say that moniker, all lives matter. It, it, it means that your life always mattered. Right. Our lives never did. Right. So that's why it's important when people say all lives matter and just all injustices should stop yep. from the police on down. Absolutely. Um, and so with that being said, thank you for joining us. Let's start the show. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 61. 61. This episode, we'll be reviewing Uncorked and Michelle Obama's The Coming documentary. Yes. So, Tawana, what are we going to sip on today? Well, what I'm already sipping on <laughs> is... <too>. Uh, <laughs> is... Um, out of Harlem, New York, the Harlem Blue Beer Company. They yeah. have a 1658 ale. It's a wheat beer. It's an American. They say it's American pale ale, but it's it's definitely uh, it's a it's in the connotation of a wheat beer. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is their basically their inaugural ale, and it's very smooth, very full bodied, very easy, very drinkable, loving, re really refreshing. Okay. Um, it's just perfectly balanced. Like I said, really, really nice on the palate. Uh, you can drink it in tons of bunches. 
Tons of bunches? That's what's most important. <laughs> I mean, because... Tons of bunches. What are those? It's only it's only got a 5.1, you know, APV, which is usual for for weed ales, you know. Um, if you've ever drank, uh, you know, a less, a less tasty <laughs> one, like a Blue Moon or something. This one's got a fuller body. Don't okay. get me wrong. Okay. I fucks with a Blue Moon. Oh, I know you do. I fucks with a Blue Moon, but I've grown. I got you. I've grown. You're, you're um, moving up in the world. I move up in the world. This is how I. This is how I impress people. Yes, <laughs> nice. I hear you. <laughs> By not ordering a blue moon. <laughs> yes, nice. No, but this this is this is a higher higher quality, and it's it's very tasty. But um, it's also not what you think of like when you think of a wheat beer, like I'm saying. So you know, I think you gotta try it. You know, they tend to call it their everyday ale, and I right. I feel that because it's so drinkable. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, for them, it all comes down to the yeast, and there's um, it's very tasty. You know, no offense yeah. to the German yeast, nice, nice, which I fucks with too. I hear you on that. Because <laughs> I have a bison. We all know I love a heifer. I heffa. know you good. You know a good love heffa. a good heifer. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, because we're uh, because of uh, uncorked, I decided to try some wine today. I wanted to mix it up a little bit and and and, and uncork a wine, so to speak. I'm doing this uh, orange Pajuya, and it's from Italy. I'm fucking up the name. I don't care. I'm drinking it. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting wine. It's infused with um, orange peels and, and orange blossoms and all of that. And it's, it's kind of tasty, and it, it has a little sparkling element to it. Um, not something I would have actually been drawn to initially, but... I was recommended this in, in my favorite wine shop, Pompet. Shout out to everybody at Pompet. And um and just the fact that just to try something different and and, and because this movie is different and it shows a different slice of life of black culture, because not all black people are the same yes. America. So just so you know, it, it's interesting to try this this wine and uh it's 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 easy, it's sippable, it has a little carbonation to it, and it and it's um it's a product of Italy and it's very tasty. In a, in a light kind of way, I think that, you know, because I'm really ready to go into rosé season, which is yes my favorite part of the I've year. I've got a few. So, um, I know, and we're going to get some Marcel coming up soon. So oh, I love Marcel. You it's, know, that's it's my coming. So, um, it's good. It's good to try something different. Uh, and uh, it's a little burst of a different kind of flavor from my, my bourbon lovers. But don't worry about bourbon lovers. I'm coming back. Right. And I'm coming back strong. So and I got some great recommendations that you can make cocktails at home because for, for the last 13 weeks we've been inside. So a lot of us there's looking at different ways to spice right. up that bar. Right. And I'm I'm glad the cocktail hour is coming back to America. Uh, I think that's the only shining benefit. I don't think it ever left. It just went to Zoom. Right. But you know, we were also <laughs> at happy hours. Yeah. But it's it's about the cocktail hour at but home. It, it went to Zoom. Right. And when now you had cocktails, you know, and now, you, you know, now we're doing it at home and right. now we're doing it, sharing it on Zoom with our, our friends and colleagues. Right, right. So I think it's it's interesting to try some different things. And thank you, Kevin, for coming in and doing sound for yes. us. Yes. We're in, in our Harlem studio today. Harlemites. <laughs> That's right. We're in our Harlem studio today. Thank you, Ben, for being a part of the party today. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, and so traveling uh, in the midst of the pandemic exactly because we're still in the middle of the phase pandemic. one tomorrow bitches phase one new york phase new york one. made it we made it <laughs> we made it and, and made uh, it we still got you know a lot left and i have to pay honor <laughs> before so... we jump into this the show i just have to pay honor to not all, all the people who've lost their lives during the pandemic 
and 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 how we have to acknowledge that loss because people are feeling that around the around the country, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. Absolutely. And uh, we wouldn't this this show doesn't matter when it comes to people's lives that are lost. And I want to thank all of the first responders, first those responders. nurses and doctors who are doing their Literally best to save lives. Literally superheroes, saving people Absolutely. every single day. We hear the the cheers and. And join in every day at 7 o'clock. Absolutely. And we're all together in the same room because the last episode where we did Crip Camp and uh, the platform, we were not in the same room. So it's good to be back in the space where all of us are together. And uh, I'm just looking forward to what's next post-pandemic. So uh, Agreed. So listen, one second before we join. Um, I didn't quite finish. Point of fact in terms of like our Harlem contention. Yes. Then the reason why this is named uh, 1658 is because it was the year the Dutch settlers colonizers okay. are, cre- are credited with font. <laughs> with f- Sorry. Get, get it together, Tawana. <laughs> I laughed at myself. Um, <laughs> it's the year that the Dutch colonizers <laughs> are credited with founding the village of Harlem, mm-hmm. um, which is a Dutch name, as we all know, because it's spelled with double A. Yeah. Um, and also, I have to represent local establishments. Absolutely. I bought this, and as we are Harlemites, we bought this from our local brewery, well, yes. our local tap room bar, right. Harlem Hops. Harlem Hops. Black Dome yes. in the heart of H Town. Yes. <laughs> Harlem, USA. Please make sure you check them out. Yes. They sell growlers and they deliver. So if you're in New York Absolutely, City, check them out. And they're HBCU graduates. HBCU and, uh, grads. I want to shout out all of them, and, and we'll, we'll tag them. In, we're also going to tag episode. them on our, we're also going to tag them on our episode, but we love them. Yes. They are genuinely favorites of ours that we've spent tons of money on. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's how much we love them. Yes. Um, and so I just wanted to say that uh, good luck to all the. Yep. All the struggling businesses still making it the best way they can. Harlem Hops is one, and they they support the neighborhood, and we support them. Yes, and we will be all back in action soon. Speaking so of yes, uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So speaking of um, you know individual support of uh, of various facilities and independent businesses, mm-hmm. we're gonna move on to Uncorked. Okay. So Uncorked. Directed by uh, uh, Prentice Penny yes. of uh, Insecure Fame. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, starring, uh, uh, directed and written by him. Starring Courtney B. Vance, um, uh, Lachine Pollard, uh, Sasha Campari. Mm-hmm. I might mis- be mispronouncing your name, and I apologize because I'm probably going to mispronounce the star. His name is uh, Mamadou Mamadou Atayi. Atayi. Yes. He plays Elijah, which is which is the the star of our film. And so the synopsis is: Elijah must balance his dreams of becoming a master sommelier with his father's expectations that he carry on the family's Memphis barbecue joint. So you want to talk first? Sure. I um I think you have a little bit of a unique perspective. You know what was interesting about this film and one I I appreciated the fact that one it took place outside of New York, LA or Chicago. It was in a southern state. It was in Mississippi 
and and they showed this great slice of life of of what what America is and what black family life is like in the South and in and in just this this whole idea of businesses being run by your family and 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 that whole father son dynamic and and growing up in the South like myself and I understand how what that is and how me and my father were and he was an entrepreneur and he had many businesses and and he was always about the fam supporting the family business and this is what you grew into mm-hmm. as the son you all that was automatically what you were going to be doing as the son of the family business and in in that whole conflict that happens between what you might actually want to do and your desire to be a part of your family business but and what this this movie really delved deep into that and the power of a family and the power of the the mother because Nisi Nash, Nisi Nash, that's what I did, forgot. Who you didn't list in the credits? <laughs> I, you know, she was outstanding. Okay? She was outstanding in this role as the mother, the matriarch of the family, and and she she kind of was the she was literally the heart and soul of the film, and I they think that are. and she she did something. She did something very special in this movie, and and I and I have to acknowledge her for that because I always see her as as a comedian and and, and just in the role of comedy. But she was really she delved deep in the, in this in this drama of, of the family matriarch, and I, it was just it spoke volumes to me. And I and I totally got Courtney B Vance's portrayal as the father because yeah, he, was he he was so he was so good in that he was really good yeah and and, and i and i and i love that and i love the the lead actor he mama do he he mama was do. so he spoke to all those things where you want to do more where you want to grow and you want to you want to bring something different into your into your life and but you're you're still having to deal with what your responsibilities are within your own family and that could be a black white asian latino whatever your situation is or your ethnicity but i it it spoke directly to me because you know live growing up in a small southern town like i did nobody ever thought about going into advertising and all these kinds of things you were preachers and teachers and lawyers and doctors you know that 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 was kind of the lexicon of what you're going to be able to do and for many many generations you were only going to be preachers and teachers so to see this kind of this this young man who wanted to be a salmonier a a wine expert that just stood outside of what is expected or what is what is deemed as acceptable professions for for black people in america so i think that that was the one thing about this film that really stood out to me and i'm glad that we were able to see it and not only that part but his just travel beyond the United States and into Paris, mm-hmm. France, and, and studying wines and, and learning the, the intricacies of wine making. And yes. I think that was just something special to see because it just kind of opens up the world because believe it or not, we, we live in a global economy. And, I, and I think that it was, it's beautiful to see that black people too, one, we travel. Yes. Contrary to popular opinion, we travel outside of our neighborhoods. Yes. We travel outside of this country. Yes. We we live in other countries, even being a, a black Americans, we actually live in other places. Yes. And Africans live all over the world. So yes. be clear about that. So I think that one thing about this film that stood out to me was you had your family dynamic within this small town. You had the business element 
you had him wanting to, and his desire to be other things and, and to be to grow in a different way. And you had the dynamic of these two men trying to relate to each other because at the end of the day, his father had to accept him for who he wanted to be and 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 and, and accept his own sacrifice. Because I feel like the father sacrificed a lot because he, he also had to make the same decisions Yeah, because it's a family owned business. His father taught him to run the business. He didn't necessarily want to do it. Well, he had other designs. You know, he had other dreams for himself, but it also speaks to those kind of sacrifices. Some of us, some of us will make those sacrifices and some of us won't. You know, so it's just like how you balance the two. But it's it's it was so beautiful to see this experience cuz we just don't get that. And unfortunately in, about filmmaking and cinema in America, when it comes to black people, we're always the same kind of black people. So it, it's it's very interesting yes. that we got to see this piece of yes. life, this slice of life for, in blackness. Because guess what? We're not all, we you know, all the same. we're not all inner city. We're not all. Some of us are good times. Some right. of us are the Cosby's. It's, it's not all the same thing. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> some it's of a us are Love Jones. Exactly. Some of us are from the South. Some, some of us, us are from boys the in the hood. Exactly. It's, it's so many different <laughs> we, things. We got a variety. Right. And I, and I, I like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm always about that. And yeah. whenever, whenever I'm looking it's at a flavor pack, exactly. <laughs> whenever I'm looking at films that deal with the black experience, and uh, Tawana and I are actually going to post some other films that we recommend for you guys to check out that actually deal with the black experience from all different realms, from of, all different realms of blackness, and so. very important, absolutely, because image is important, absolutely. Well, you know, you know, I liked the movie. I did. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, because like you said, it is refreshing to see a different take yeah. on black lives. Right. And so it's always great when it closely matches you. Yeah. <laughs> and point in fact, because I am not of the Boys in the Hood gang, mm-hmm. but I'm somewhere closely related to Between Good Times and, and the Cosbys. Right. <laughs> but um, but it was it was refreshing to see. And, and I really appreciated that the movie showed the dilemmas of this young man as he follows his passions in a, in a most realistic sense Mm -hmm. and being two people, two black people. I personally don't like to say people of color when I'm specifically referencing black people, um, as two black people, um, who have followed our passions, um, in a very realistic sense, uh, I, I I related to him very much so in the struggles of wanting to stay or wanting to do what your family would like you to do, but really sort of like reaching out for your own passions to make yourself happy. Right. And I, re- I really I really did appreciate that. I think like I like I said, I just think everyone who's ever tried to follow their passion, black or not, <laughs> um, against all odds, you know, will definitely find this relatable. And um also, I think it's every father whose child is is not joining their business in the way they would like um, in order to just search for their own self will also find it very relatable, mm-hmm. as you said, with your dad and, oh, and your businesses. Sure. And so, I mean, what also I like is, is, as you spoke, the way the way they exhibits this film exhibits the dynamics of the black family life and um, as it's not stereotyped, yep. you know what I mean? It it's. It's the father-son relationship, the layers it takes to make uh, 
the well the layers that he had in terms of his life with his girlfriend and who mm-hmm. he met and how he met her, his mother and their relationship, relationship with his cousins, relationship with his aunts, the family dinners, mm-hmm. you know. I, I really enjoy that. And I, I also really appreciate the layers of what it takes to make the craft of making wine and the craft of making barbecue and right. how the intricacies of both of them sort of match you know you gotta pick the right wood you gotta pick the right grapes you gotta pick the right region you gotta pick the right the right uh the right states Mm -hmm. right temperatures of the fire temperatures of the fire the different woods Mm -hmm. and and each state has a different type of barbecue in the south Yep. yep and so i mean it's really interesting how they sort of interrelated them um and how more, more like the father and son were than they gave themselves credit for. Absolutely. I also like what you were just referring to in terms of um, traveling, you yeah. know. I think that when we were younger, let's say our ancestors, uh, who showed us that you could travel. People like James Baldwin, mm-hmm. Nina Simone, Josephine Baker, uh, no, for sure. Diana, Diana Ross, right. like Michael Paul Jackson, Robeson, Paul everybody. Robeson, people who really like search the world. And now we have sites on like Instagram, like Travel Noir. Yep. Um, where where they highlight people, like people just traveling, mm-hmm. and it's cheaper now more than ever to be able to get up and get the fuck out. You know, I'm sure there's a ton of people who can't wait right. until they can get on a right. plane. And I just um, know from my, and, and you and I have traveled together too yes. outside of the U.S. Yes. And I think that there is something to be said about experiencing being, being American. We were discussing this last being night. Being yeah. American outside of the U.S. Yes. And because we've always had the burden, and I'm going to say the burden. It is the burden. Of racist black the black, the racist black experience, uh, systemic experience, living in America. Yep. But when you go outside of it, because see, we, we as black Americans, we always identify as black. Yes. So that that's always going to be first. No matter what what other things fall yes. under you. Yes. No matter what your what your gender things are, yes. what your economic status are. Yes. You know, we always identify as black first. So when we travel outside of the out of the U.S., we still take we that still take with that. Us. I'm black. But when you walk into these other spaces in these other countries, we suddenly become Americans, and that's not an experience that we've had in this country no. because we because we were treated as less than yes. in America. When you are less of the value of the horse yes. in this fucking bullshit country that right. we live in. How can you identify as American when you were from the first day your ancestors and your descendants set foot on this property, this land that you stole from someone else? The minute we got here, we were not good enough. So when you walk into another country to all of a sudden be put on, well, oh, but you're American. And, and oh, OK, what what exactly does that and what, mean? And what we don't realize is the privilege we actually hold exactly that we've never experienced in our own country because we don't get to experience it in and our own we, country we were sharing stories last night and I, and I described to you when I realized my privilege when we went to Mexico mm-hmm. and we were out in the town and I brought a couple rounds of drinks some coronas no big deal mm-hmm. a couple some rounds food. while we were in a bar mm-hmm. playing some pool and I gave the guy 
a five dollar bill after we were done with our couple rounds we were gonna go hit another spot and it was a five dollar bill because it's mexico and he literally was like and we were like all right packing up let's leave and he's like no 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 wait 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 you change and i'm i'm in my american mind i'm like five dollars that was one in in not even one really in america that was one drink and quite honestly barely the elation on this man's face was amazing he looked at me like i was a god for a second and i'm looking at him like what's the big deal and i'm like no keep it and he's like no your change and that's when i realized that corona was probably tops maybe we got what six a dollar fifty tops was what i spent and i gave this man literally like three dollars a quarter is a dollar to them I probably gave him the biggest tip he's gotten all week. Yeah. And and for a second, I felt privileged and realized the state that I was in, even though a black American, it was a privilege I will not f- soon forget. Mm-hmm. And, and what I was explaining to Vaughn, my theory on, I've never been true blue Americana. It's not a surprise if you know me. I could mm-hmm. give a fuck. But the reason why I could give a fuck is I've always, since a kid, since I really gained a firm understanding of what it was to be black in America, even as a kid, I always felt like we were the adopted black sheep of the family. Mm. You adopted us out of some self, self-improvement bullshit without nary me in mind, nary us in mind. You let us stay in your attic, but you never really include us in your family. You never really give us the things we really need. Mm. You never really do more than keep us fed, barely. Keep us loved, never. And always insisting on more than we are able to give. Demanding more than we are able to give. And so in this country, um, black Americans have essentially walked away like a black sheep does from your family and founded and fostered something else you called family. And that's why black lives matter because mm-hmm. it was important for us to find ourselves. when you strip a person of their creed, religion, name, country, language, language, you take a soul from a person. And that's why we in this country deem ourselves black. We have our own national anthem. We have our own flag. And it's important because we are the stepchild bastard orphans that you would have left at the orphanage but did it for the sake of yourself. Mm-hmm. To make yourself feel good and to benefit from those. So that's how I feel about being black in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I agree that when going abroad, you say, no, everywhere I'm black. You know, I'm a different connotation of what an American is. But I get it. Because in other places, they deem themselves as uh, uh, their religion or their ethnicity mm-hmm. or their class. Not here. Right. And so uh, being black in America is a very complicated thing. And your feelings about it are just as complicated. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and because and, I've been looking into traveling and I've been I've been looking at 
you know, going to Africa and the Middle East, especially because I want I'm, I'm going to visit Egypt soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of my friends in Egypt. His name is Muhammad. And, you know, he, he, he my first question to him was, will I be safe as a black man mm-hmm. going to Egypt? And he was like, you're African. We're African, actually. We, we sit right here. We're African, too. And you you will definitely be safe in this country. And that's not something you actually are. He, he keeps reminding me that I'm American. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Always. But it's just like, to oh, them. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's America. And they, and they think America is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I'm like, well, it is to them. Sure. But, you know, I know what America is about. And, you know. And, and he calls me his brother because he, he feels like we're both we are brothers we're we're African and we're brothers and I get that and and I respect that but I, I it what's so powerful about it is that you know the the great equalizer because everybody in this room Kevin myself Tawana we have multiple degrees where there's all this education we have great jobs it's and another embedded privilege we have great jobs in corporate America. We, we have great jobs in this quote-unquote corporate America, but we still we still run the gamut of, okay, the police could stop me at any fucking second and be like, okay, well, get on the ground. Where, why are you here? All these different things that stop us every day from just living our lives. I could literally be just as shot as... You know anybody yeah, else or killed as anybody night. else? It does not matter. Doesn't matter how many degrees you have, what your social economic status is. When you're black, you still yes. run the gamut of being because you're murdered. black. And so I think that I think that what this what this film taught me was the security and everything that this young man was trying to do and how he was trying to build himself and, and, and find his career was his family and, and his, the, the, the security that he knew of that was his family. And he had it in his mother. He actually had it in his father. And mm-hmm. when things would take the turn, yeah. when he didn't even think that you know he had any kind of support, his father was there. And so I think right. that it, it's interesting to see you know, because like I said, we don't get to see a lot of these kinds of films of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody has these kinds of experiences. And I know, Tawana, you know, we've talked about this countless times. Even if it's not your immediate family, it's also your found family. Because yeah. a lot of people have chosen family, your chosen families and all these things. We have to defend on them because sometimes you have to you have to lean on those people. Absolutely. In, in whatever circumstances that you have, you have to lean on those people. Absolutely. And, and I think what the world is learning right now is that you have to lean on these people because we we've been in a pandemic for the last, you know, several weeks. And so I think that we're also learning in this time of isolation and separation is that you have to go to those people that mean the most to you in this time. Absolutely. And you never know who that could be. But I think that it's important to understand that. And th- that's what this film speaks to me about. Absolutely. It, it was beautifully shot. I loved all those moments that we got to see a different part of France. Because yeah. We I didn't really love that bike scene. Thank you. Where we saw, music. Where we saw so many different parts. There was hip hop in there. There was hip hop. You saw different communities within different France. It wasn't just about what we used. It's not just see. about the Eiffel Tower and, and the Louvre. Right. We saw so many different things. We saw so many different cultures within France. You know, I mean, France they have their itself. own issues in France Absolutely. themselves. In terms of Absolutely. poverty and uh, racial injustice, really religious injustice, classes. Absolutely. Um, but um, but you know what too? 
I really like this film. I don't even want to give it a rating. Um, because I don't... I think in, in the spirit of this episode, it isn't fair. It's worth your viewing. Yeah. Check it out on Netflix. Absolutely. Speaking of relations to yourself and representation in America, mm-hmm. let's move on. We're going to talk about Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. The goddess. My first lady, the now queen. and forever. The first lady. We join uh, the former first lady. Absolutely. Mm, nay, my only. I um, love her. Michelle Obama. In an intimate documentary, looking at her life, hopes, and uh, connection with others during her uh, 2019 book tour for Becoming. Yep. This film was really interesting. I, I, I mean, I really liked it. The, the, the tour was all about reflection. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job with it. All the reflective, like, tones with the photos mm-hmm. and and her digging into her past and being really open about her relationship with her mother and her brother and her 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 homage to her what we say her ancestors yes which is like her her dad and her grandfather and and um, and even a little bit about barack and what makes them them and mm-hmm. the lessons they want to pass on to their family and then there were there were moments of like how they touch people in the world regardless of structure or status demographic um you know, even down to the Secret Service man, agent yeah, that, yeah. that 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 was named Tony Allen. I think it was named Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. That that was that's been with them for like thirteen years or something. It's essentially become family. Yeah, because it started from the campaign it into the White House. It started from the campaign into the White House. Yeah, I mean, I just really, for one, I'd like to say that tour had to be exhausting. Oh, I, I couldn't even imagine <laughs> all the emotional exhaustion How alone. Painful it was, but not only just painful. The gratifying mm-hmm. exhaustion she got from it, yeah, and all the all the committees and all the all the panels and all the things she did separate from the book tour that related to it, yeah. In terms of all the work she does in schools and with young people, all of that had to be it as well. I just I just love how people look at them. They look at them like a kid looks at Santa, you yeah. know, like, are you God? Wait, no. But you might be a little bit of a, a slice. <laughs> like like they adore them, but yeah. at the same time are at awe with them, but at the same time feel so comfortable with them. It's just it's just an amazing thing. And I I, I just she 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 also discusses like the pressure it took right. um to live under the glare of the White House. Um and just her sort of uh, her her human reflections on life, both good and bad, mm-hmm. from the dickheads that say she's a fucking man, you idiots, to um to the people that say they were Muslims, right. to the birther movement of uh, President COVID's bullshit birther movement. Same guy, by the way, who threatened to hang fucking five little kids for the Central Park rape. Which we, they were exonerated for. I mean, all of that bullshit. Sorry, I'm just gonna throw that in anyway. That's all right. Um, yeah. I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> clearly, we don't. Like um, him. clearly, no one does. Mm, uh, <laughs> well, there's some people that like him, but you I know, mean, we pretty, can't, we pretty. Can't, we can't hold ourselves accountable for those. I people. mean, you're talking about mm, 25% maybe now. Uh, I'm gonna still go for 45%. Eh, but okay. 40? 
You're going to yes. say 40? That's fine. I'm definitely going to say You're gonna 40. You're going to still say 40? Yes, because this is America. Well, you know, whatever. And they're hiding under their cloaks. Until they get sick with coverings. COVID, then they'll, right. then they'll be crying for for justice. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, Better than I just, them. Let's talk about Michelle. Yes. The tri- anyway, so yeah, I, I like her tributes of her dad. Um, her classic family stories would resonate with me so much. And probably mm-hmm. lots of um, African-Americans, blacks all over the world. Um, and people in general who just really just fall on their family and, and rely on their their uh, stories. Um, her stories of uh, race and economic bigotry, uh, you know. I mean, quite honestly, I truly feel like she's the closest we had to royalty since since the J, since JFK. Yeah, and I JFK. wasn't around for JFK. Mm-hmm. So it was like I remember the photos being hung up. You got Black Jesus. Right. Well, really well, I had if your grandma Jesus. was old, she you had White Jesus. Yeah, White Jesus cuz that was the only Jesus we had for a long time. You had White time. Jesus for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then you had um you had JFK White Jesus, Martin JFK, King. Martin Luther King. If your grandma had a little gas in her, she had a little Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> She had a little bit of gas. Mm-hmm. She like a little smoke every now and again. Yes. Your grandma was rocking with Malcolm X. And so, um, you know, I really, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed um, the manner in which we were reminded of their humbleness and their yeah. humanity. It's something that we haven't seen for a while. I won't jump back into COVID. Because we haven't had a humanity But we haven't had, you know, the, the, the humanity of these people yes. to actually think of folks first and and the, and to re- be reminded of of their manner their manner was that such of respect you know of humbleness mm-hmm. you know i watched a, a a random youtube video today that said what happens when president obama is the only one with an umbrella and they show him get out of like I don't know what the helicopter is, whatever the fuck they call it. Air Force One, that's not. Air it's Force. one of the Air Forces. It's one of the. For the copter. Marine One. Yeah, 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 Marine One. That's Marine it. One, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's getting away. He's getting off from Marine One. They're dropping him off home. And so he gets off with his, with his umbrella. And he doesn't leave. He starts motioning for these two women that are on board with him. And people thought he was leaving. He motioned for them wrapped his arms around them, and walked them into the building with the umbrella. Um, remember the same shot with President COVID here? Right. And um, he fucking left like Melania in the rain, didn't he? And the, and the little boy. And the little boy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just goes to show, it's not about political affiliations. It's about humanitarian uh, nature and, and the state of who these people really were and who they were raised to be and... I don't know. I just really, I just really love how they exhibit the relationship between the Obamas and the protective services. I just like the way they did, you know, um, about what it's like to go to work after. I like how she said that, how what it's like to go to work after the worst days. She explains in the film about having to go to the Charlottesville Charlotte, no, I'm sorry, South Carolina. Sorry, the South, Charleston, North Carolina. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. After the mass shooting, after there, the mass shooting, that was the same day of gay, gay. But that was the same day that um, gay marriage was made legal mm-hmm. nationally, 
and how she went from the lowest point of her day to the, to the highest, highest point, point of her mm-hmm. day. And she just wanted to go out onto the lawn and celebrate with them. But the right. Secret Service was like, um, where you going? Right. <laughs> you can't go outside like that. No. And they gave her like a tiny moment to like celebrate with Malia in a corner where no one could see them, but they were still outside and part of it. Right. And it was just a beautiful thing. And it's just. And that's when they 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 had the uh, different colors represented on the white. Yeah, house. the different rainbow, the rainbow colors. colors and people were flag. proposing on the lawns and outside of the, you know, it just. I love how they how she's always been so human. She never ever sounded like anyone else. She always sounded like every other woman that exists in the world. You know how they exhibited how her life was hers again, and. Um, she was starting over as an empty nester. Because mm-hmm. both of the daughters who, who, are in college. Who you could say retired, right? right? And is starting this whole new chapter of her life. She just happens to be the former president, uh, vice, I the mean, first, first, first lady. lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a slip of words, but that was some, that was some hopeful shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're ever trying to get That's to the never, White House again. No, no, no. What, what's not happening is black woman president probably no that's um, gonna happen too that's gonna happen too i know the obamas will never go back but that's gonna happen too um, it might I'm not hoping, be her but there will be a I'm black hope, woman i'm hoping that there will be a black woman president mm-hmm, there will be and and i'm hoping that i'm wrong in my assessment there will uh, be a black woman president i think there will absolutely be a woman president for certain um but we'll we'll, we'll just keep our fingers crossed for now there but, will be a black woman president because okay. black women have always saved the world. So let's be <laughs> you, clear about I'm, that. I'm sorry, who are you telling as I look down to yeah. check for my vagina? Yes, black women will always save the fucking world. There, there we have saved be. the world. We fed babies. We've, there will be. We've cared for folks. We've, we've adjusted every single thing everyone has ever needed mm-hmm. in this goddamn world. Yeah, so, so yes, black women save the there world. There will be a black woman present. All right, then I stand so, corrected. <laughs> with all that being said, um, I read the book and I've been, I was waiting on the documentary to happen because I wanted that, that touch of her actual words and speaking into the camera and, and just the, the experience of her life during the tour. Yes. Because uh, I have lots of friends and family who went to see her speak in several occasions oh, that's great. multiple times actually for some but i think that what's what's so genuine about the obamas and that's barack michelle the the children they Malia they all understand Sasha. that you know they were holding up everybody and, and they they took it on willingly they took it on they said we you know, they knew, they knew from the minute they walked on those stupid grounds that were built by slaves, by the way, enslaved people, they knew from the minute they walked on those grounds that they had to represent that. And they did it every single day. They had death threats to them constantly. We we don't even know the number of death threats that they had to them. The but amount I, of disrespect. Just constant openly. disrespect. That fat fuck orange motherfucker COVID forty five who was COVID. constantly talking about Obama not even being from this country he and him being a Muslim movement. and him being born in other places and him right. being some kind of fucking terrorist. Let's be clear. They knew what they had to do in in and, and I I feel for them because I know I that it was a they had a dual sword to carry with them because it was. 
it was being in this in charge of this fucked up country and then two and they had to save it because we were in a, a huge recession during this we time a huge recession. they had to fix the fucked up that parts he got us out that of. was left by bush okay let's be clear they had w. to fix that you know, we were recovering from 9-11. Yes. They, they still had to fix all of that. The all economy the was screwed up. You know, we had all kinds of issues in across the world. All kinds of social issues. Thank you. But Obama was able to gracefully move around the world and get pull people together oh, yeah. under the guise of hope. We never saw that before. She knew, right. she knew that she had to be because they had a partnership in their relationship. They were they were, they were truly partners, they were yeah. truly partners from the minute they met each other. That she had an understanding that where her place was, he didn't diminish her as as his his girlfriend, as his wife, right. as the first lady. She always had the same Well, what power. she said was she had to she felt like being with a man and and with so, such demands on himself mm-hmm. and and so strong willed, she couldn't be trailing behind him like the little wife. She Absolutely. had to be the woman that could stand beside him. Absolutely, as a compliment, not a completion. Absolutely, and it it resonates throughout the film, and you you feel it every second of the day. You you see her relationship with her mother, yes, her brother, yes, and how it all impacted everything that made her who she was absolutely but what i love what i loved about the film the most was how she was reaching back and helping all those young women whether they were black mexican whatever they were wherever they were about the advancement that you she was about helping them she will i just any simple conversation she had with them in any moment of that time will change their lives forever because she understood that you are important whenever they didn't even feel like they were important yeah. that they were invisible she she showed them because believe it or not folks i know y'all are scared of us riding through the streets and marching down the road down the, the road we're not invisible we are here she also taught them that they were not invisible yeah. and and speaking for someone who has been invisible as a person with a disability i understand what being invisible is so she actually spoke to that and the power that they actually had. And that's what I appreciate the most about her. And that's what I see and how it resonates across this film. And I think that I think that as we watch it and as we read the book, for those who couldn't get on the tour and couldn't see her live in person, I think that well, it's gonna have to, to borrow that. that book. You have to read it. It's so powerful. I haven't read it. But I think that it, it just speaks to what's going to happen because we are going to get past this well, point in time. You, we are going to get past You know what I this. like that she spoke to also? She said in, in, in joining the overall, um, joining the White House, she noticed something when she was visiting previously um, with the Bushes beforehand to learn like the whole specifics because they right. were a legacy family. Right, in protocol. The, their kids were the grandkids of the president before, so right. they had already been affiliated with how the fucking White House worked. So she had to be affiliated with how it worked, and she noticed that all the butlers were always dressed up in these suits, these tuxedos, oh, yeah, the tuxedos. and she said that can't possibly be comfortable. And how could you be at, like, a pool party or, like, a sleepover? Or, 
I mean, she said she had to work with them to or to get them to dress down on certain occasions. Right. She had to work and plead with the cleaning staff to be like, please do not make up the girls' beds. I can't leave here with two girls who can't make up a bed. Right. I need these girls to please live a life outside of this. We will leave here one and day. The, and to think that they're going to be served by right. men in tuxedos. These girls won't, won't think that they'll always be served by black men mm-hmm. in tuxedos. They'll always be served by black men. No, I need these girls to understand that life and and life will exist and continue. And she said, but the the girls used to say, but they make up your bed. She was like, I'm the first lady. (laughs) You have not gotten there yet. Right. And yeah. they, you will make up your bed. And she said black and Latino men. So that tells you. She what, said black and Latino men. She, yeah. That tells you what's, what's really going down. But we also know that, that there was a history of the of the butlership Absolutely. in there. And, and, and I mean, and those men take that as a, as a, um, a badge of honor to serve their country in that way. And Absolutely. they should. But it's like and a legacy those, because they're older men. And one of those young men just died recently. He, 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 he wasn't even young. He was in I, his like nineties. He wasn't young, but he he was there, and there's pictures of him with the Obamas. Right. Well, he was in the he, elevator. He had, he had worked there for like something like over twenty three yes. years or something, like so even longer than that. 30. It was a legacy of that too. It, it, there was a legacy of those men, and and there's a movie of that, The Butler mm-hmm. with um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yep. Um, and so they have that whole thing, and I, and I really like that she did that because yeah. it just it it added a sense of of. Of what their legacy was in the White House. How many of us seen these videos of like Halloween at the White House and Obama's rolling on the floor with some little kid? Mm-hmm. The president walking down the hallway, sees little Superman, little Superman gives him a high five and he falls back. It's just that everybody wanted a piece of that grace, that piece of humanity, that right. piece of hope. And as she said, People loved to hear Obama speak because they felt like there was a sense of things could be better. Right. And when you sat in a room thinking that with all the other people, you thought, and I'm not alone also mm-hmm. in this belief. Yep. And he gave that a sense. And then she didn't say this, but I'm saying this. And in this administration, we've lost a sense of hope. Absolutely. And we've become diverse again. We've not become units. We've become separate entities. Um and that's what creates division. So by div- you meant divided instead of diverse. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant divided. Mm-hmm. Um, we've become divided units. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, and the other thing I really, really appreciate is when she sat in that church full of um, black seniors, mm-hmm. black elders, and they were like, "And we, you and I, know as black people how our elders are. We yes. were raised to be polite. Mm-hmm. We were raised to be respectful." No matter who you were, you could be a stranger on the street. We were raised to know our culture, to respect it, um, and to teach the next generation. Right. And so that's what the Obamas were. And they and the first thing those elders said was what? We were so glad y'all didn't fall for it. Mm-hmm. And y'all stayed the humble people you were supposed and to be. And she was very respectful of them. Yeah, but she was humbled. Yeah. She she did she let them talk. Yes. She was not about no, herself. You she don't was, talk about they were they were she gave deference to them. She, the word is she, deference. Yeah, she gave she, deference she to them. She did. And she said, Well we did it for you all. Yeah. This is how we were raised. This is how yeah. Obama and I were raised. Um, Barack and I were were raised to mm-hmm. be like you, to respect you. And we always did so. But just know everybody. We're actually going to get back to that. We're going to clean all this up. Once this is done in November, this is going to be done. 
So I, everybody, oh, I cross my fingers. Pull together. I don't care where you are, what you are, how you are in this country. The the one thing I, I that resonates with me from this film, and and uncorked is that we do have the power to make change, and we can do it. And I know we can. And she's just a Michelle is one representation of how it can be done. Yes. And and I'm so thankful for her. And in, in everybody around her, her but I rock. I do know that things can change in in this situation. We do not have to live this way forever. We do not have to live this. And way once forever. we get past this pandemic and all and, and all the racist stuff, because your eyes are open now. Your eyes are open. So your don't eyes stop. Are open. Don't stop when the process stops. Yes, your don't eyes are open. Don't stop contributing to mm-hmm. various pages on Instagram and on social media, yeah. and don't stop mattering. Don't stop caring about what matters and what's important and where we need to go and where you need to put your resources. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, for those of you of privilege who are now waking up to what your privilege really is, mm-hmm. acknowledge it. Growth is uncomfortable like a motherfucker. Yes. It's why they call it growing pains. Yep, it's not sure. supposed to feel great, but it will change, you know? And when you understand who you are and the power you hold, you could wield it better. Yes. You can you can share it. And it you, will mean more to it you. It will mean more to you when you mm-hmm. say things to your friends and family and your company and, and and people on the street. When you see things that are unfair, use your privilege for the better. And that's what they did. They yes. used their privilege for the better. Absolutely. Regardless of who the people were. And I, I'm so glad the Obamas have taken this... They, they created this initiative with Netflix to, yeah, they have to that put big this initiative. film out there and Crip Camp from the episode before. Right, that was and I just think that it's, it's important to understand that all eyes need to be open now. We live, in a, we live in a different space now, but we also can create the world that we want to live in. Right. So let's not, it, let's not forget about our power and our privilege to create this because we do have the power to do it. Please vote in November. That's Absolutely. all I'm going to say. Thank I, you, Ben. I, I will say more. Thank you, Tawana. Keep talking, Tawana. I, I will say more. No, I don't care if you're a feminist. I don't care if you are a Bernie supporter. I don't care if you don't like good old Uncle Joe. This is the lesser of two evils. <laughs> Choose wisely. Voting is a matter of importance, especially for people who are black, especially for women. Yeah. There are suffragettes, and there are people who black people struggled, died yeah. for this. People, black people died. Died to vote, for so your right to vote. vote. So for you to not vote is spitting in ancestors' faces and mm-hmm. telling them they wasted their fucking time and their lives on a on a, 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 a valued resource that you are squandering over bullshit reasoning. If you want President COVID to stay in office, if you want these in in you know, ineffective policies and 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 uh, issues that continue. Go ahead, vote away. However you like. And that's a. I'm not saying Biden's fucking perfect, and I'm not here specifically voting on this person over that person. I'm just doing what I just said, choosing the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. I'm black. Not a lot is ever going to be substantial for me in America. I said it, I am sorry, but it is the absolute fucking truth.
but I'm just picking the better master. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's the real wow. talk. Let me just be real. That's okay. the real talk. You're picking the better fucking master. Maybe this one's going to give you soap over this fucker that's going to leave you sick. You know what I mean? It's just be wise and use your only option to choose better. Yes. That's all I'm saying. You know, especially especially also my um, my queer community think and he certainly ain't gonna fucking give a shit. He don't yeah, give a and, shit now. And, and laws are changing. And laws are changing. Why you're not paying attention? Mm-hmm. Laws are changing to to take more of your rights away every day. So, I mean, I, I understand that it seems like we're 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 beating a dead horse or pumping up stuff that you may not agree with. But it's the reality of the situation. With. This is the reality right now. Right. It's the reality of the deal situation, and you have to deal with it. And you, and know, for, it's, and, you know what it is, Tawana? It's, everybody's black now. No. That That's is. what it is. They're, everybody's dealing with some stage of blackness. You're not going to get what you want. They don't really care about you because what you thought was when everybody thought bringing this motherfucking reality star into the White House, we thought, oh, this is going to make everything. Because well, remember, well, what he about the, the ones that didn't vote because uh, they didn't like Hillary? This okay, not a fucking okay, fashion but guess show, what? But and guess it wasn't what? a personality contest. Now everybody has. Now everybody's in the same umbrella. Everybody's black now. You're uh, gonna get as fucked up. You're gonna get as mistreated. They're never gonna be black. No, no, but they're gonna get they're gonna get some they'll, mistreatment. They'll get mistreated, but they're never gonna be get black. the mistreatment of blackness that a lot, right. we've been dealing with forever. I don't, I don't care if you're getting back shots twenty times a day. You're not gonna be black. But you still get. But you're getting blackness. They ain't gonna be. It ain't about being black. You're getting. You're getting blackness. You're getting. And here you go. You're, you're getting it. You're getting, you're getting mis, it. mistreated. Right. You're getting it. This is what's gonna happen. So face it. Women, you didn't give a shit when y'all was sitting in the suburbs. The pussy hats. When he was talking about your grabbing your pussy hat brigade. Now, half of you motherfuckers didn't here you vote go. for her. Here you go. So, I mean, it is what it is. This is what you anyway, get. Anyway, choose wisely. Yes, please. Please what, vote. Uh, uh, just one other part I, I just really need to acknowledge go ahead. is when she says, Michelle. Michelle. Mm-hmm. When she said, um, no matter what happened, even on our worst days, we still had to get up. This is the, I can't speak for anybody else, but this is how we feel as being black. That New York Times article that says your black coworkers are not okay. Definitely not okay. We're not okay. And every day we still wake up and we still thank God, you know, whoever you believe in, but we still get up, we still take showers, we still get dressed, we still take care of our children, send them off to school, and we go off to work. And we sit in our offices knowing all the microaggressions and all the bullshit that happens every day. Every and we day. do our jobs and we live our lives and we pay our fucking taxes and we are good citizens and still we are beneath the worst of you. Mm. So live her example. Move forward. Do better. Try and try and be more every single day. Learn grow, Growth is not easy, but it's highly worth it. Absolutely. And so is this film. So watch it on Netflix. Please watch it. I'm not rating it. I'm just saying it's motherfucking gorgeous. <laughs> and read the and book. Unbelievable. Read the book because I know un- some of y'all know how to read. Believably humane. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for, yeah, we two black people talking shit about uh, Michelle because we fucking love her. But, mm-hmm. you know, also, white people love her too. Yes. <laughs> so, the goddess, um, the queen. you know, the ones who do love her, love her because there was a lot of white people in her audience oh, at the yes. book tour. They, they know. 
Because they wasn't know. All black. We only they know. we only fourteen to seventy percent. Right. Because they this know. So who else was in that audience? Right. Because mm. they know. Because they know what the fuck's up. Watch the film. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Yes. It's still a pandemic. And thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for protesting if you protested. Thank you so much for waking up if you are waking up. And guess what? You're not done. You You're got more work done. to do. So do I. It's called growth. That's right. Thanks for being here, learning a lesson. Black Lives Matter every motherfucking day. Black Lives Matter. Go vote. Go vote. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.